0: scary story podcast brings original short scary stories right to your ears every week like dead of night the story of a man who moves into a new apartment building only to discover its sinister foundation or another recent one the delivery where a man discovers a family secret hidden in plain sight have you ever listened to a scary story that lingers as if it reminds you of a long lost memory my name is Edwin Covarrubias, host and writer over at Scary Story Podcast, where every episode brings you a short, original scary story every week. The stories are read just like this, me telling you a frightening story that will blur the lines between this and the world of hauntings, ghosts, experiences that defy logical explanation. You can join us by searching for Scary Story Podcast on your app right now. It's the show by Scary FM. I'll see you over on Scary Story Podcast.
1: Hello, my dark darlings. I'm Markia, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. To our veteran listeners and those sheltering in the dark with us for the first time, welcome. For those that don't know, we did just launch a new podcast. It's called Astro Chat. So, if you're interested in learning more about astrology and what 2021 holds for you, check out the podcast on youtube.com slash Channel. As human beings, we thrive off of our connection to others. It's key to our survival. Those relationships can be with other people, but often, our deepest connections are with animals. They comfort us in our darkest hours, make us feel safe. They are our primal protectors. But like in these stories, you never know if the one who is supposed to protect you will turn on you. First, a creepy critter in the woods reveals its true power, followed by a dog that will risk everything to protect its human. Then, a guy who will stop at nothing for the attention of his big brother. Finally, in our featured story, a sweet house cat turned feral hunter. I receive hundreds of creepy story submissions every single week, and of those, the scariest ones make it into our podcast, along with the story that we've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com snarled. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. If you'd like to support Something Scary, then consider joining our Patreon. As a patron, not only can you help the show and see ad-free episodes, but you can also be a part of the horror and hear your name featured in one of our podcasts or weekly video stories. Visit patreon.com snarled. So, wanna hear something scary? Primal Protectors. Little things can make a big difference. And when there's more than one small thing, then it can really add up to something horrible, like in this story inspired by Donique. Lakshmi loved to take her boyfriend, Sean, for walks in the woods behind her house. And she especially loved to tell him about the tiny mythical creatures that lurked in the trees. These sprites were responsible for keeping the forest safe, she told him, but they would only appear when no one was around. And the wind stood perfectly still. Sean couldn't believe that such things could exist, so Lakshmi decided to prove it to him. She invested her allowance to purchase cameras and audio devices. If such creatures existed, then she'd find them and prove Sean wrong. She scattered the devices in the woods and monitored them week after week. But nothing showed up. She remembered her mother always saying they would only appear if no one was looking, which is why no one has ever found them. Lakshmi and Sean were in her room studying when she thought she noticed a shadow cross the camera monitor. She spun around in her chair and carefully examined the screen and turned up the volume. They could hear something moving just off screen. Lakshmi thought it sounded like tiny footsteps and smiled triumphantly at her boyfriend who stared at the screen in disbelief. Slowly, a tiny human-like creature appeared in the frame. Yes, Lakshmi thought to herself. She finally had proof of the sprite's existence. But then the creature turned its head towards the camera and seemed to look at them both with black beady eyes. It bared its teeth as claws grew from its tiny hands. Then it suddenly lunged at the camera and Sean shrieked and ran from the room. The creature stood there and continued to stare directly through the camera. Lakshmi felt like it could snatch her soul. Sweat pooled in her hair and streamed down her neck. Her breathing became uneven and her skin tingled with fear. That couldn't have been the creature she'd been referring to all along. This felt dangerous. She stared back at the monitor, and suddenly, all the cameras were offline. Disconnected somehow after working just seconds ago, feeling uneasy, she ran through the house to find Sean and locked all the doors. Her mom arrived home a few hours later, and she was relieved. Mom, I think I saw one of those little creatures you used to describe today, she said. Her mother thought Lakshmi was joking, but she explained the whole setup and how something terrifying had looked straight into the camera. Sean remained quiet. He hadn't said a word since running from her room, and he refused to go back in there. He would have gone home, but he was too scared to go outside. Was it shaped like a man, but with gray skin and black evil eyes, sharp teeth and claws? Her mother asked. The kids nodded their heads. "Yes." "Did it see you?" she questioned. Lakshmi didn't know how to answer that. She was just looking at a screen, but she had felt something in its glare, something that made her feel seen and pierced through. Sean had run from the room, so he wasn't sure if he had been seen. "We need to leave now. Pack your things." she ordered Lakshmi. Sean will drop you off at your house on the way." As they emerged from the house and ran to the car, they could hear the pitter-patter of tiny critter footsteps. Lakshmi's mom urged them to keep moving, but just as she was finishing saying these words, Sean was swept off his feet right in front of Lakshmi. She dropped her bags to the ground and chased after him, screaming as he was being dragged back towards the woods. As she got closer, she could see hundreds of these creatures no bigger than six inches tall, as they lifted, pulled, and tugged on Shan. Together, the sprites had tremendous strength and speed. Lakshmi couldn't keep up, and she felt her mother grab her and pull her back. We cannot. We must go on. Her mother pleaded and pulled Lakshmi back towards the car, with Shan's cries echoing from the woods. After the incident, they moved to an entirely different continent, far away from her beloved woods. Lakshmi's mother explained that the little beast's main job is to ensure no one knows about them, or the other enchanted animals in the forest. They'll even kill to protect it. Lakshmi checked the news from back home and saw a missing poster for Sean. She continued to check every day for months, unable to forget the sounds of his screams. She often had nightmares of dreadful little eyes and teeth searching smelling, seeking her out like prey to be hunted. She knew that one day they might find her as well. Thank you so much, Danique, for this wonderful mystical tale of murderous little sprites. Have any of you ever come across a mystical creature? How did they behave with you? Do you think mystical creatures from the forest are good or evil? Tell us your experience.
2: Something scary at snarl.com. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
1: They say that people and their dogs are best friends. They would do anything for each other. But in this story written by Sierra, we'll see how willing they are to give their life for the other. Deep in the thick pine forest, there lived a young man, Itai, with his faithful dog. Itai had built a cabin for himself with the pine trees that surrounded the area. He and his dog had been there living off the land in peace for months. As winter grew longer, there hadn't been any game to hunt and eat for a week. The man was beginning to become anxious. They needed to eat something soon. He could last a bit longer, but his dog was not doing well. The last bite of food back at the cabin was rotten. He would give it to his dog if he had to, but he'd rather not. Itai had been trying to trap and hunt all day, but to no avail. He decided he'd continue his efforts into the night. All he had was an oil light lantern and his hatchet. The dog walked close to Itai's heel, weak but determined, the dog's head twisted left and right to keep watch of what lurked just beyond the shadows. Itai felt uneasy. Usually, the forest was alive with the sounds of nature. Tonight, there was only eerie silence. The two trekked deeper and deeper into the woods, just as they were about to give up and turn back. The dog's head whipped around to look down at the base of a tree, not too far from them. Itai took notice and followed his dog's gaze, just barely visible in the darkness. A great creature lay sleeping next to the tree. Itai had never seen such a beast in his life. It was the size of a mountain lion and more or less looked like one if not for its jet black pelt and massive tail that lay out behind it. The dog didn't really want to take his chances fighting a creature like that with only a hatchet, but his dog was going to starve if he didn't do something. Thinking fast, the man silently approached the beast with his hatchet drawn. Quick as lightning, the man brought the axe down across the beast's tail, severing it. The creature's eyes shot open, and it leapt to his feet and took off into the night. Frozen, Itai and the dog watched it go. Then he looped the long and meaty tail around his shoulder and took off for home. His heart felt lighter than it had all week. They could actually eat something. When they arrived home, Itai lit a fire and made a delicious stew. The two went to sleep soon after with full stomachs. An hour or so before daylight, Itai bolted awake in a cold sweat. Sitting up and panting, he gazed around his room, wondering what was the scratching noise that he heard. Only his dog lay on the floor beside him. Itai was about to drift back to sleep when he heard the sound again. It sounded like something sharp was clawing at the foot of his wooden bed frame. He looked and there, slinking up from the foot of the bed, was the beast from before. Itai's heart beat a crazy tempo as the beast's bright yellow eyes narrowed when it saw the man had spotted him. It grinned like the Cheshire Cat, with teeth sharp as knives glinting in the moonlight.
0: Telepo, Telepo, give me back my Telepo.
1: The monster growled. Itai stammered, I I don't know what you're talking about.
0: Oh,
1: the beast roared. The beast reared back and bared its fangs. Just as it was about to tear Eti apart, the dog barked and lunged at the beast. The monster yowled and leapt out the window in a crash. The dog pursued it out into the dark, trying to protect Etai. Time passed, and neither the dog nor the monster returned. Itai lay awake with grief one night for his loyal companion. And in that moment, he felt a weight at the end of his bed. But it was too heavy to be his dog. Taily Poe. It was back. It roared with blood on its teeth.
0: You cut my taily poe from me. And now I have come to reclaim what's mine.
1: Etty realized the thing wanted its tail. He whimpered as the monster stuck its snarling muzzle right up to Etty's nose and growled when it smelled the food on his breath. Etty's screams were lost in the night as he was devoured limb by limb by the monster.
0: I have found my daily poe.
1: The beast grunted, satisfied. The dog made its way back to the cabin, wounded and searching for Etty. The cabin was in utter ruin and Etty was nowhere to be found. The dog disappeared into the forest, sad he couldn't save his friend, knowing the beast had reclaimed its taily poe. Thank you so much, Sierra. This is a legend that some would be familiar with. So listener, what do you think about your primal protector? Do you think your pet would risk everything to save your life? Would you do the same for them? Do you have a courageous animal story? Tell us. We'd love to hear it. When we are young, we are told tales to give us a strong moral compass. But when we veer too far from the path, we may not get a chance to come back. Like in this story inspired by Lili. Getting ready for a night out, Marcus sat on his bed dousing himself in Axe Cologne. All of a sudden, his brother popped out from under the bed and scared him. He shouted, "Lacey Bell's gonna get you!'' Marcus playfully shoved Travis off the bed and told him to get out of his room. Travis slipped out from under the bed and reminded him that it was his room now that Marcus had gone off to college. Marcus brushed him off, but all Travis wanted to do was hang with his brother like the good old days. Travis said, you know what mom and dad say, Lacey Bell is going to get you. Marcus mocked him for ever believing in that made up story. The story of Lacey Bell was something Marcus was told by his parents, presumably to keep him from ever leaving his little brother home alone. They lived in an old house, way out in the middle of nowhere. And the story goes... A girl named Lacey Bell had lived in the house with her family decades earlier. Her older sister had decided to run away to elope with her secret boyfriend, but Lacey had followed behind them into the woods. It had been the middle of winter and the snow was so thick and heavy that Lacey couldn't keep up. She fell into the drift, her little body slowly freezing. She called out to her sister and rang the emergency bell her parents had always told her to carry when she went out to the woods alone. But her sister was now too far ahead to hear. Lacey died that night in the snow, unheard and unseen. Now it was said her spirit roamed the woods and punished negligent older siblings. Marcus laughed as he recalled the story. Marcus headed out the door for his date with Josie, but Travis pleaded with him to stay and watch a movie Or he might regret it. Don't forget Lacey Bell, Travis said tauntingly as Marcus left. Marcus walked down the creaky wooden steps towards the woods. At first, as he traipsed through the trees, nothing happened. It was just a little chilly and there were some night-dwelling animals running around. Occasionally, a chipmunk or rabbit ran in front of him and Marcus jumped a little. He started cursing under his breath at his brother for freaking him out about that dumb story before he left. As he reached the clearing, Marcus didn't see Josie anywhere. He took out his phone, but no reception. There were cell towers everywhere in the area, so he should have been getting messages. As he heard some rustling in the trees just ahead, he started to call out to Josie, but as he saw who appeared, his voice caught in his throat. It was a little girl. Maybe eight years old? She was wearing old clothes. Her skin was pale blue and covered in what looked like a layer of frost. In her hand was a little brass bell. She rang it. The bell's sound sent shivers down Marcus's spine. As his frozen legs regained motion, he turned and ran for the house. The bell's rings grew louder and louder, and Marcus quickly covered his ears as he sped through the woods. He reached the house and fumbled up the stairs while grabbing for his keys. The rings got closer and closer. Marcus finally made it into the house and ran for Travis, who asked him what was wrong. Marcus tackled him to the ground in a bear hug, glanced up, and he saw the face of Lacey Bell in the window. She put up one finger. Marcus knew what that meant. One chance. That was all he got. Travis asked him what he was looking at, but Marcus said nothing as he pulled himself together. Then Travis looked out the window. Lacey Bell stood there, and she smiled at him with her frostbitten grin, and Travis, seeing her clearly, gave her a wink. After that night, whenever Marcus was home, he would make sure to make time for Travis, because he never forgot the one warning he got from Lacey Bell. Thank you so much for inspiring this story, Lily. I'm guessing that you might have an older sibling at home that you would love to spend some extra time with. How about you, listener? Do you have siblings you stay home alone with? Who protects you when you're both there? Do you protect each other? Would either of you sneak out and try your luck? Remember, Lacey Bell is out there and waiting. We often take cats for granted. Small, perfect hunters that were once worshipped as gods in ancient Egypt, many still believe that cats have supernatural powers. Cats can indeed see far beyond the mortal world, and ignoring that could cost you your life. Ever since Abby moved into her new rent-controlled place in Little Tokyo, her 12-year-old cat, Taquan, had been acting creepy and strange. Every night when she let the cat in for dinner, she would find the remains of a dead mouse or bird perfectly centered on the doormat. By the time she was able to clean it up, it was often picked over and half devoured by either her cat or some other neighborhood animal. Abby's friends told her this was common behavior for a cat. And often when they did this, they were trying to teach their owners to hunt. But what Abby thought was weird is that Taquan had never done this at any of the other places they had lived. She had always assumed her little furry companion lacked any sort of predatory drive. The final straw was when one morning she opened her door to find Taquan waiting patiently with the not quite dead rat. Rat blood and guts oozed out of its twitching body. Ew, disgusting, Abby thought. Abby grabbed dish gloves and a trash bag to clean up the carnage. As she approached Taquan, he began hissing at her. Hackles raised. The cat would not allow her anywhere near it. She tried to quickly grab it, but the cat raked its claws across her hand, drawing blood. There was a tense standoff, but finally, Abby gave up when she heard some other animal rustling in the bushes. Let nature take care of it, she thought to herself. As for Taquan, she had other plans. He would be an indoor cat for a while. The next day was miserable for both Abby and Taquan. The cat whined and meowed all day long, begging to go outside. Just when she thought she might finally have a moment of peace, the cat would start yowling again. As it got closer to sunset, it got much worse. Taquan began scratching the door out of desperation. Abby couldn't take it any longer. She locked the cat in the bathroom until it was dark, and then the cat quieted down. He watched, pouting from the corner until she went to bed. In the middle of the night, Abby was startled awake by loud banging. Abby regretted keeping the cat in all day. This must be Taquan's revenge. However, when she walked into the living room, she found her cat, hissing at the front door. Tilting his head, he walked back and forth in front of the door in a strange murderous dance, ready to attack at any moment. She wasn't sure whether to be scared of her cat or whatever was banging on the door. The cat's hisses and growls intensified as the banging grew louder and stronger from something trying to break the door open Abby fumbled for her phone to call the police, but just then, the door burst open. Taquan looked at Abby and made a forceful sound, and then ran outside into the night. Nothing seemed to be outside, and Abby couldn't figure out what caused the banging. She decided it was safer to close the door and stay inside. She could go and find Taquan in the morning. She took a deep breath and crept towards the open door. Suddenly, something grabbed her hair from behind and slammed her to the ground. She looked up to see a figure materializing above her. Black, soulless eyes appraised her as she was able to make out an emaciated woman with cracked and veiny white skin. The ghost drew its lips back, revealing rotting teeth as it spoke.
0: I am a Gaki, a very hungry ghost.
1: Abby was paralyzed with fear as the Gaki kneeled down beside her on the floor. I must feast, it said as it wrapped its hands around Abby's neck.
0: But I only eat the freshly dead.
1: The Gaki's cold, decaying hands tightened around Abby's neck. Her vision blurred as she desperately gasped for air. Dark spots began to cover her vision, growing larger and larger until everything went black. The ghost licked its lips as Abby approached the threshold of death. It reared its head back, savoring the moment of the first bite. But suddenly, a shriek interrupted the (coughs) gaki. Abby and the ghost both looked to the doorway to find a defiant taquan standing before the biggest, fattest rat either had ever seen, perfectly centered on the doormat. The gaki left Abby and quickly grabbed the rodent corpse. Swallowing it whole, satisfied for now, the Gaki faded away. After that, Taquan was always allowed to leave his offerings at the front door. And when the cat got too old to hunt, Abby would hunt down a creature to leave each night for the Gaki, just as she was taught. This week's podcast stories were edited by Markeia McCarty, Sarah Lukasiewicz, and Dennis Culver. Narration by Markeia McCarty. Audio edited and mixed by Fitz Harris. Art and graphics by Mari Carlson. Produced by Hannah Mullen and Markia McCarty. Music by Sapphire Sandalo and Calvin Linderman.